Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about why Elon Musk needs to stop wasting time on Twitter. We're going to be talking about the U.S. consumer borrowing indicator rises $27.1 billion in a slight pickup. And then we're also going to be talking about millions of U.S. millennials are moving back in with their parents this year. And I really don't like that headliner, but we're going to be talking about that. And then we're going to be finishing it off talking about the future of democracy with the blockchain, or at least my opinion on it. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I am the co-founder and CFO of 3T Warrior Academy, the CEO of Age of Radio, and I have come down with the flu, so I thought I would make a podcast so I can breathe oddly into your ear, struggling to breathe because of my asthma. Um, but no, I, I uh, had the flu vaccine, so I think the flu hit me for a day and a half, and now I'm finally getting over. It's moved a little bit into my chest, but I think I'll be able to make it through this podcast because, again, through December, we're releasing more episodes to catch up from our horrible consistency. And if you know anything about me, consistency is key, and that's how you're going to grow in whatever you're trying to build. So make sure that you follow me on all the social media spheres at Age of Jeremy, except for on Twitter. It's at Age of Jeremy Q. We're actually growing on Twitter at 520 followers. So it'd be great if you could retweet some stuff and maybe we could pick that bad boy up. Almost dropped my water. I have an interesting, interesting episode for you today. I was going to say show, but you're not watching me. An interesting episode today, um, mainly because I'm probably going to have to pause this like right now. So I'm not coughing into the mic. But also because I just had an uh, interesting morning with some uh, individuals that I know, and I want to share that with you in my Future of Democracy, because it led into kind of some of the things that I wanted to talk about. It's not going to be like a technical blockchain episode. I have read half of a book on the blockchain as far as the technology piece of it goes, so I'm not definitely an expert in that part in any means whatsoever. And for our uh, utility uh, NFT project, all of that smart contract is going to be coded by our business Collecti Labs, because what we do is we find amazing people and we surround ourselves with amazing people that can help us accomplish the goals and hopefully make everybody rich around us. Um, but I'm also going to be talking a little bit about uh, Twitter, the Twitter debacle um, with Elon Musk and how people think that he should just move on from Twitter and focus on Tesla because I guess investors are a little bit pissed off with him. You can hear Kylo and Bane, those bad boys in the background barking at, I don't know, a cat outside maybe. They just sit and look out a window and look at cats all day. So that's probably what you're hearing if you can even hear the bark. Um, but I wanted to talk about that. And then I, I like this millions of U.S. millennials moved in with their parents this year article because, yeah, that happened, but it makes it sound like they did it for different reasons and why they did. And I think this goes back to my problem with the news. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to start it off with this clip right here. I have too much work on my plate. That is for sure. I'm really working at the absolute most amount that I can work from morning till night, seven days a week. Um, so this is not something I'd recommend, frankly. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but yeah. but it's, it, it is. Um, and, and I'm I'm just and the, I'm just looking at this video, and it's so bizarre. <laughs> well, you look like I'm you're like, in a dark place. <laughs> I'm sitting here in the dark, surrounded by candles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he bizarre. sounds so freaking exhausted and tired because he runs like 30 businesses. And it's okay to have lots of businesses. I don't have anything of a problem with that. But like, especially if you have like a public, like you're always going to have responsibilities to your investors and to your shareholders. So when do you take the time to be like, I'm going to focus on this one. So these people are taken care of, right? Unless it's just you and like two other people that own the business, then I can definitely see it. But you do have a lot of people that you manage and have to take care of. And essentially your business has to provide for, and there's a big responsibility that goes in that. And I just think that, I think that he should just focus on one or two things, not tons and tons of things. And I recently got a subscription to Bloomberg. I'm a Bloomberg fan, though everybody's like, oh, Bloomberg, all they do are tell lies. Well, not all of it's going to be lies. Like this article here, Goodwin, 46, started investing in Tesla about five years ago. And he and his wife both own vehicles from the company. He once talked up the cars to all his friends. Now he's offloaded most of his shares, keeping only about $500 worth. No offense, Goodwin, but I'm sure Elon Musk doesn't care. However, as an investor, you have a right to voice your opinion to the board because that's what's great about publicly traded companies. Um, that's one of the few things that's good about them. There are a lot of horrible fucking things about publicly traded companies and corporations in general. But Trevor Goodwin recently sold 30000 of the electric car company stock, again, leaving him with $500 worth. And this is a quote. It's almost like he's abandoned us in favor of his new mission. The business analyst in Kansas City, Missouri said, I guess, Trevor's a Kansas City, Missourian business analyst. When he announced he was going to purchase Twitter, I was totally against it because it's a distraction from Tesla and everything he's trying to accomplish there. And my personal opinion, as much as I like freedom of speech, um, we offer the only thing I don't provide is hate speech. Um, but even to that extent, if you had things that were on the edge of hate speech, but wasn't blatantly about hate speech, I probably would let you have it on my podcast network because people should have the ability to say the things that they want to say unless they're lying to people and threatening people and uprising anger inside of people to go and do something bad. If you want to share your thoughts and opinions on things in a respectful way, I'm all for that. Um, so that being said, I think that, that Twitter is a is a the people that get super fucking excited and they're like, oh, Elon Musk is going to be free speech back. Who gives a fuck? He should go and make goddamn fucking trucks, semi trucks, be self drivable. He has been promising people self driving cars for goddamn years. He should fucking do it because that's going to improve the world a lot more than the free speech on fucking Twitter. I don't really personally care what people say on Twitter. Most of the things that I follow have to do with pigs for some reason. That's all my Instagram. My Instagram is full of cute little pigs. In fact, there is this one pig I saw on Instagram that watches television. That's the cutest thing ever. And we eat these poor things. Point being is that people don't realize that like units of containers of goods don't fly across the air, right? They use fucking trains, right? I know that Trump was all about bringing coal back. We can make electrical trains, probably would be better, um, on trains and then also on trucks. And people, right, have to sleep. They have to eat. They have to fart. They have to fuck. They have to do all kinds of shit, right? And so they can't always be driving. If we had self-driving semi-trucks, it would be great for mankind. So I agree with 100% what this business analyst from Kansas City, Missouri is. And I know that that sounds weird, but there are lots of, lot, well, one, a lot of people don't realize that Kansas City isn't in Kansas. So I'm, maybe there's a, I think it's like Kansas City is like broken between Missouri and Kansas. So maybe there is a Kansas City. So I don't know. So I don't know myself. But anyways, point of the story is, is that Kansas City, Missouri is like a hub for investment activity. So good for What's his name? Todd Trevor. His name is Trevor. So Musk recently completed his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter after a tumultuous year filled with lawsuits, public fights, and squabbling about spam bots. 
The CEO sold at least $36 billion of his own Tesla shares to fund the buyout and broader concerns about how he's dividing his time between his many, many companies. Or the other thing that you should be focusing on is fucking Neuralink. Like, Neuralink, even though people think it's crazy and people are, you know, we're going to put a chip in our brains and all this stupid shit, it allows paraplegics to communicate better with people and can give them a better life, a better, more fulfilled life than the life that they're going to have or people that are going deaf. Neuralink solves an actual real problem apart from all of the weird conspiracies that people think are behind it, right? And so, so Twitter does not do any of that for the world. If Twitter disappeared, another Twitter would show up. Twitter does not mean anything in the scheme of the world. In fact, if Jack Dorsey is lying on his deathbed, I would be willing to think and hope that he thinks that Block or Square was a better a better business idea and a better legacy to leave behind than fucking Twitter. So you should all sell your Tesla stock is what I'm saying. All right, moving on. And all these articles are in the episode description. So you should go read them and learn and love reading stuff if you can. Or have it read it to you. There's nothing wrong with that. Do not be ashamed if you prefer to listen to audio rather than read it. As long as you're consuming things with great passion and reasoning, I commend you. All right. All right, so U.S. consumer borrowing rises $27.1 billion in slight pickup. All right, this is from December 7th by Molly Smith from Business, from Bloomberg. I don't know why I said business. Bloomberg Business. U.S. consumer borrowing accelerated in October from a month earlier, reflecting an increase in credit card balances and steady growth in non-revolving lending. Total credit increased $27.1 billion from the prior month after rising almost $26 billion in September. Federal Reserve figures showed Wednesday... Oh, sorry. Federal Reserve figures showed that Wednesday. The median forecast in a Bloomberg survey of economists called for a $28 billion advance. The figures aren't adjusted for inflation. Revolving credit outstanding, which includes credit cards, increased $10.1 billion. Non-revolving credit, such as a loan for school tuition and vehicle purchases, rose $17 billion. Uh, revolving credit is like credit cards, right? So you have like a thousand bucks credit card, you pay it or a line of credit. You pay, you have a thousand bucks, you buy something for $500, you pay that $200 to that bill, that $200 now goes back to what you can spend off of it, or if you paid it off and you could use it again, like it revolves, okay? And there's nothing wrong if you don't know that. Lots of people don't know a lot of these terms and these things, and we don't spend enough time explaining them to people, so then everybody's getting taken fucking advantage of, and my number one goal in life is to help people from stopping taking advantage of. So, revolving credit, it revolves, you can use it. You pay it off. You can use it again. Non-revolving credit like school tuition, right? So like my school tuition is like 15000 I get a loan for 15000 I pay $15,000 back plus interest, okay? So um, so what's happening is that these types of things are getting higher because of inflation, right? So we're at a 40-year 40, 40 high of our, uh, has inflation running near a 40-year high has exceeded wage growth, prompting many Americans to turn to credit for purchases. And that's the problem is that we don't, we live in a two types of, well, we live in a weird society in, the, the, in the, the thing that we're very consumer oriented, right? Consumerism is a, a fascinating and fun and horrible fucking thing. Like, I'm not going to lie. I like, I mean, I, maybe I don't like Balenciaga anymore with their stupid fucking ad campaign, but I like Balenciaga. I like Gucci stuff. I like Louis Vuitton stuff. I have a weird thing for bags. I like buying, you know, shoes because they feel good. Like I like, you know, I like nice stuff, not like exorbitant stuff. Like you've heard me in the past, my house, like I would rather have a good house that I afford. I never have to worry about living somewhere else and then buying cool shit to have fun with. Right. And putting money aside. The, so we live in that world, right? where we think that our worth is tied to the things that we own. So then that causes us to overspend because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're trying to keep up with whatever like ideal life that we want for ourselves because we think that that's where the importance is. And I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm just saying that's a thing that exists within consumerism and why consumerism is fucking horrible. The second thing is, is that we also live in a world where we see we all want to be well. Most people want to be wealthy. So they turn to like, they turn to like people on the internet that are promising them or showing them their lifestyle. And this is how they, you know, 
got their lifestyle. And then you hear about utilizing leverage to get that lifestyle. So then you're buying a course that's $50,000 that doesn't get you the strategic insight and the tactical insight that you need to get the, the result done so that not only can you make your $50,000 back from the course, but then you can go and make another $50,000 with it, right? So, or we're seeing people that are just talking about get real estate, leverage real estate. Let's keep buying real estate. Let's go become landlords and fuck everybody over by owning a bunch of fucking property, but no one can afford to live. And so we live in this world where we believe that the that leverage is the answer, right? And we live in a world where we believe that consumerism is the answer because we have to keep up with stuff. And the problem is both of those things are shit. So you should have something saved up so that when you get in times where you need to use fucking money, you don't have to use debit cards. And I'm just as um, guilty of this as anybody else, right? But that's the thing that we need to change inside of this world that we are living in so that we do not keep going into debt. The other thing is, is that you have to commit to a career that can make you a living and make you money. That doesn't mean that that has to be the only thing that you have to do, but it does mean that you should get something where you can make a life and you can have knowledge that creates money to make a life. And then you can do the fun stuff, right? You can do the grinding stuff on the side if that's that important to you. You can find a way to make money doing the thing that you love. Some people it's going to take a lot longer. Some people it's going to take a lot shorter. Do not shy away from that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is be responsible with the education that you're getting so that you can make a living while you're trying to pursue your passions is what I'm saying. Right. And, and that took me a lot. That took me a long time to realize a lot of the stuff that I have been saying and not realizing that I would not be able to pursue the passions that I have right now. Yes, it probably would have been cooler and doper if back then and when in my 20s and in my early 30s that I just grinded it out and spent 25 years and then became like some famous Uber, like fucking stoic fucking film playwright douchebag, right? That'd been cool. But what I'm saying is that didn't happen and I made a living and now I can pursue my passions because I have the money to be able to do that. And I have the money to be able to live and I don't like ridiculous fucking purchases. Okay. So yes, revolving credit is going to go up because America doesn't know how to manage money and America is being fed a bunch of fucking lies by people on the internet. And of some of those people that are being fed those lies are millennials. And millennials, which are me's, right? I'm an older millennial. I think millennials this year will be 40 or 41. I'm 39. I'll be 40 next year, right? So I'm I'm a millennial. I'm not proud of it, and I'm not not proud of it. It's not an achievement. It was just when I was born, when my sperm is a little baby Jeremy, wiggled into a egg, and became asthmatic Jeremy, struggling to breathe. When he came out of his mama, it's all fucking luck and accident. And so there's nothing to be proud of by when you were born. It's just when you were born. So people need to change that, I feel. Um, and so the other thing is, so millennials are moving back in with their parents. Now, first off, I would love to move back in with my parents. My mom annoys me a lot, but I love her dearly. And she is super fun to do cool shit with because for the most part, she will do mostly anything unless it's like super high up in the air. And even now that we got her to fly, she's like, let's go here and let's go there. And I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. So um, me and my mother uh, continue to work on a relationship and be dope together. But um, being a millennial, I luckily that I have a house I bought at the right time. Um, that's because of my education, how I know that cyclical swings work and, you know, good at like grinding shit out and saving money and, you know, moving money around and I don't know, finance. Um, and so soaring rent forced millions of young Americans to move back in with their parents this year, according to a new survey. Now, I hate this freaking article because when I read this, when I read this article, millions of U.S. millennials moved in with their parents this year. And it makes it sound like these millennials are fucking lazy, can't get jobs, can't buy houses. Well, that partly may be true. Who knows? All I know is that I am not a lazy millennial, but when you read this article, which is why I encourage people to read goddamn articles, is that moving home, financial hardships force millions of young adults moving with their parents. 50.9% move back in to save money. That's smart, okay? Moving back in with your parents to save money so that you can afford the down payment on a house and buy one of these goddamn ridiculous fucking priced houses that are out there. God, fuck Jesus. 
right? So to save money, 50.9% move back in to save money. 39.3% couldn't afford rent, which that's because landlords are fucking dicks. And then, and I'm not saying that we, I'm not saying that we can't have landlords, right? I, like in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to have landlords. Okay, there's nothing wrong in the essence of being a landlord because some people will want to buy homes or or have a. Everyone will need a place to live. Not the government either. We need to get into a place where all housing is government. Which, based off of the current American climate, I doubt that that's going to happen in the foreseeable future, right? Or. <coughs> Right. Some people don't want to buy a house. They just need a place to live. Some people will be living in between houses. Some people will be living trying to save money for a house. There's all kinds of reasons why you would need to rent houses. The problem that I get frustrated with is that landlords are always trying to get the max amount of profit with the least amount of work. And so like when we have our homes and we rent them out, it's either going to be to family members at a reasonable price or it's going to be to my community for a reasonable price, like my house here, my apart or my, my 1700 square foot house, right? It, I pay a thousand dollars a month for mortgage. Right. And so these fucking apartments that are going up over here, three bedroom apartments are like 2,100 to $4,000. It's outrageous. And so like if someone needed a place to live, my rent's only a thousand dollars. I don't know. Pay me 1100 bucks. You're good. Right, take a thousand dollars. They're paying off my house. Have two hundred bucks. I'll set that aside for emergencies for the house. I don't need to live off of it. It's fucking crazy. Go and work and create and do cool shit. That's my problem with real estate. Is it's real estate, real estate. And I'm talking about development real estate. Development real estate is cool as shit. Regular buying homes and renting them out and making a living off it off of it is some lazy ass shit. It is super fucking lazy to want to be able to live your life that way. And I would hope that you would want to achieve more in your life than buying a home, renting it for a ridiculous amount of profit, and you just live off of that. Like, you should be ashamed of yourself if that's how you want to live your life. So I guess when I say that I don't judge people, I do judge landlords and capitalists. Um, if they ask me for help, I would 100% help them, and I love everybody. But that's just the way that I think about it. Like I feel like that you know, if you told me that you were going to die poor trying to build solar, I would give you everything in my house to help you achieve your dream right? I'll give you money. I would help you out. I would invest as much as I could that made it possible without, you know, us, you know, not being able to eat. But if you came to me and you said, man, I want to buy like four regular family house homes down the street and I want to charge them 200%, right? Or, or at the market value, (laughs) at the market value, it's ridiculous, right? Market value for my house right now, I could charge probably 2,500 bucks. I would never do that. Would never do that. That is a horrible, horrible thing, in my opinion, as a human being to do something like that. Just my opinion, right? And you're the one that has to live with that. Like, I'm not going to not help you and be a dick to you, but you're the one that's going to have to live with that on your conscience when you die. And God or whatever you believe in is like, why did you charge an exorbitant amount of rent for this place that you have? I don't know. That's my opinion. You can hate me if you want. I don't give a fuck. Um, And so... So anyway, I don't not a big fan of landlords. Um, will I rent? Of course. Do I think that it's great to have real estate in your investment portfolio? Absolutely. Do I think that you need to mark shit up exorbitantly high or do it at the market when you could live and pay your bills off of not doing that and being good to humankind? I think that that's a better way to go. But again, that's your heart, not mine. So my conscience and heart is clean. Okay, so some of the other reasons why the millennials are moving back in with their parents to take care of them. That's thoughtful and caring. I like living with them. That would be my reason. Personal health issues. I lost my job, afraid of losing my job. Um, and I think that those are very, very valid reasons. And I, I think that this, this is in the first one of the first times in history. I, and again, I don't, I shouldn't say that because I don't know. But I feel like. This hasn't happened a lot in other generations. And, you know, me being a millennial, if I had a zenial kid and they were like, hey, or an alpha kid, I guess, and they were like, I don't know, 20 or whatever, and they're like, hey, do you want to move back in? I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do cool shit. 
Like, there's nothing wrong with being, you don't want to be like 100% your kid's friend. I mean, my therapist says that all the time. Or your, um, yeah, your kid's friend. Like, you shouldn't be like their best friend. Like, you should be their mentor and their caretaker and things like that. But you can have fun with them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then again, my my therapist is like super Trump. So, but I love her to death. She's a really good therapist. So you can't can't knock her, right? You should never let weird political and religious or landlord beliefs stop you from being friends with people. That's what I have to say. We'll be right back. All right. I know I got a little heated on the landlord thing and I'm not look, anybody wants to do what they do. They can do it. Like, I believe that I'm not like judging. I'm judging you. Right. But I'm not judging you in a way where I'm not going to be your friend. Like, I'm just not, it's not my thing. I want my legacy. And again, this is me, right? You could think I'm stupid. I want my legacy to be something greater um, than living off of people barely being able to live in their house. So, but anyways, that's me. All right. So this is what happened today. So I, as you know, am a, um, I I think it's weird to say this pro vaccine. I think that's a stupid word. I get vaccines because science. Um, and so, so, and I'm like science, um, do I think if the military was rolling around, the government was like handing out like needles and being like you need to take this that government can go fuck itself that's my answer and if a corporation came around and said you need to take this i'm gonna say you can go fuck yourself (laughs) but if like they go through the scholarly process percentages of the vaccines were made in universities i am a very big advocate of our scholar process and our research process in the United States. That's why people from all over the country come to our universities to teach. We have some of the best universities in the entire world. We have some of the worst education up to that in the entire world, but we have some really good universities and that's because they get the funding and the money that they deserve. Unlike some of our other institutions, like the public fucking school system up until public universities. Anyways, and so research goes into what's happening. Stuff is put in the peer-reviewed process. Stuff goes through it. You can read about it. I'm a big fan of mRNA. Um, I'm a really big fan of Google Scholar. I'm a really big fan of you know journals and things like that. If you did not get the vaccine, it does not bother me one bit. I do not care because I have a vaccine Lots of other people that have vaccines that can help build a barrier and you're only hurting yourself. And unfortunately, you may be hurting people that are next to you. And again, back to my thing about the landlords, that's on your heart. I don't give a fuck. If you got your COVID, like for instance, my grandma, and this is, this is what pissed me off. So someone that I knew posted a thing about that, how unvaccinated should get an award for not believing in the fear and the lies. And the reason why that frustrated me so much is for a couple of reasons. The first reason is, is because some of my friends, they're two of two different friends. They each had a parent pass away from COVID because they were not vaccinated. Okay. And so there's that, which was frustrating. Secondly, my grandmother, who doesn't have a lot of friends or relatives that are in Arizona, started befriending one of her cousins again, and they're older. So I know that that had, had a part to do, do with it as well. If maybe they were younger, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have passed away from COVID. But he was very big Trump supporter. He was very anti-vaccine. Um, he ended up getting COVID and dying a few days after he got COVID. Okay. And so broke my grandmother's heart. She's had loss in her life. Her brothers had passed away this year, not from COVID. Her sister passed away this year, not from COVID. Um, And so I think that like, I think that that kind of struck me because the thing is, is that I am with a lot of people that are, are what we would say anti-vaxxers, which is a stupid word. They're just people that aren't vaccinated, right? Um, I, I think that you can, I just don't think vaccines is something that you should be anti or pro. And so like, I listen to them say all of this shit all of the time, and I'm never telling them that, well, you guys are ridiculous for not getting a vaccine. Vaccines are very beneficial. They've helped lots of people around the world. Vaccines are helping stopping the spread of HIV. Immunology is a really great field. I think that um, I think that there can be a lot to learn from it. And as we transverse different planets and realms and all that, we're going to have to have some kind of medicine to help us with all the crazy fucking, like think about War of the Worlds. Those robots had done their research first, or those aliens had done their research first, they would have found out that they were goddamn freaking um, uh, uh, the 
they didn't have like the antibodies for the cold, right? So they come down here, they try to kill us all, and the cold kills them. Like if they had done some research first, maybe they could have done something, right, to help them with their cold problem, and then they wouldn't have all died. And then they could have took us over. They could have went on with the propagation of their civilization, right? We're not going to be able to do that because our asses can't even fucking get it right when it's with us. How are we going to take over and colonize other planets if we're not thinking about immunizations and protecting ourselves when we're killing alien babies and taking over their planet? Because it will happen one day. I'm 100% positive about it. Not saying that we should do that. I'm just saying that that more than likely would happen and we need to protect ourselves from all of the alien viruses. And I know that you're thinking that I'm crazy, but just think about it for, from a logical, logical perspective, right? If we can't even come together on this one simple thing, how are we going to come together on real, more difficult problems that arise for mankind in the future? Okay. And so I do not express those opinions to people because I do think that it would be in vain and I think it would cause me too much strife. So I just stay away from it because in the heart of it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I can get a vaccine. I can wear a mask. I can do what I want. I can wash my hands and clean my balls, whatever it is that I have to do to make sure that I don't get any diseases. Okay. And so, so it hurts me, right? That the people that I'm around know this about me and they still say stupid shit around me. I don't say stupid shit to them out of respect for them. Okay. And, and, and because everybody can have their own specific opinion, but I don't opinionize that around other people that I know disbelieve the same thing that I believe because it, I just believe that it's rude and I don't think that you should always be doing that. It's just my personal opinion. So I said some certain things and I actually don't regret it because I'm just like, I'm just speaking my truth now um, and we'll just see what happens with it. Not saying that I'm going to be rude. I wasn't rude about it or anything. I just think it was ignorant to um, believe that people that aren't getting vaccines are heroes. There are real heroes out there like police officers and firefighters who don't get, especially firefighters. I could never battle a fire. I might be able to take down a burglar, but could not ever battle a fire. Um, and so we don't, we don't give enough respect to actual heroes. And I think that that is very disconcerting. Now, I'm not saying that there's lots of things that the police need to do, right? I think that the the police force as an institution is fucking horrible and it needs to be governed a lot differently and people need to get better training and they need to get better equipment so they can have better training and we need to get rid of people having so much fear when they're doing certain things. And I'm not saying that I don't have that fear. I'm saying that I'm not a police officer because of that. Okay. And so, so, so I'm not saying that, but I think that it's, it's super disrespectful to the actual people in the world that are heroes when we're saying that people that are unvaccinated should give a, get an award. I think that that is just super, super ignorant on people's part, in my opinion. So I voiced that opinion. And so then that got me thinking about how we're actually coming to reasoning reasons in the world that we live in today. And so I interestingly watched some stuff on YouTube about it. And I thought that I would talk about it in this episode. And the thing about the way that we are reasoning things is that I don't necessarily think one, I want to say that again, this wasn't a prepared. So this is kind of talking off the top of my head. So I apologize if it goes all kinds of different directions and apologize for my breathing and wheezing and gasping for air. Um, and so um, my, my thing, my, my thought process is that we actually come to conclusions, right? I'm going to try to explain as best I can, is that we come to conclusions about what we believe. And then what we do is rather than looking at the actual facts ourselves, right, to what brought us to believe that and putting that in a way where we can express that to ourselves, we go to parts of the internet, or parts of the world that back up what our conclusion already was. And not looking at both sides of the argument to come up with that. And, and the reason why I think this is important is because I was watching Vsauce, I think is how you pronounce it, YouTube. And he talks about like the future of reasoning. And this is a episode that he did last year, but I think it's even relevant now, relevant forever. Is that like social theory or social reasoning is about social people being in social groups, right? And so a lot of the times we can come to each other 
and we can talk about things because the whole, right, the, the everybody is better than the few, right, that are coming up with the answers. Because if we can get all sides of something, then it can help us come up with a better idea about what we believe and whether or not maybe we were wrong. Because there's lots of things that I'm wrong on all the time. Hell, my wife proved me wrong earlier today. Like everybody's like, I had the, I got a flu vaccine because I get all kinds of vaccines and pneumonia should have got goddamn shingle vaccine before I went to Connecticut because as soon as I changed environments, shingles just broke out on my leg. I'm 39. And so obviously could have had something better with that. (laughs) But anyways, it got better. It went away. Everything's fine. Um, And so point is, is that so when I got sick, right, like I was had a cough on Sunday, maybe sore throat on Monday, didn't feel good Monday night, slept all day yesterday, have this little thing in my chest for my asthma today. Other than that, I'm back to, you know, back to working and doing whatever. Right. And then, uh, you know, with people that don't have the vaccine, that flu is a lot longer. Maybe they need to get some Tamiflu, maybe they or Tamiflu, maybe they get sick and, you know, praying that no one actually dies from the flu. But the flu is running rampant because flu strains have been changing, um, just like all viruses do. And that's something that we need to understand and be aware of as a society. And so so we came home. Everybody is like, I'm in my room right now. I thought I would make the podcast. Uh, I might play some um, Odyssey later. Anyway, so when and that's Assassin's Creed. So my um, my uh, niece is in her room. I told her to stay in her room because she doesn't have health insurance right now. We're getting her on access when she turns eighteen, or getting her on my insurance, or I don't know insurance. And so I don't want her to get sick because I don't want to pay for all the bills. And plus, I don't want her to get sick because being sick sucks. And so I told my wife, I was like, well, I don't want to be around you. She's like, why? We both have the flu now. And I was like, well, I don't want to get better than get it back from me. She's like, I don't think that that's how it works. And I was like, I don't know. That sounds like something like how it works. So rather than going on with that idea and that conclusion, I went and looked at like CDC information, Google Scholar, right? Google Scholar is a big one for me. And then looked at like about how the strains work and realize that more than likely I'm not going to get that same strain back if I already got it and I had a flu vaccine. And so, so I was wrong and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with being wrong, right? It's cool. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. And so what we end up doing is we don't want to be wrong. We have a conclusion that we've created in our head and then we just go and find things that support that conclusion rather than looking at things and some of that stuff is going to support that conclusion, but then going and finding the opposite of that, of what the other side of that story is and taking all of those arguments, bringing them together and then moving forward. And, and like, like it's, 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 um, it's, and that's the problem with like conspiracy theories. And one of the things that I have a problem with conspiracy. Now, if you want to talk to me about aliens and Bigfoot and ice monsters and maybe even reptile people, um, I'm cool with that. Um, but like we're talking about like Democrats eating babies for blood, which again, I mean, if they're like aborted babies, is it really that bad? And then I'm just joking. And then, um, secondly is like, we, we take these things and then we find things that support our conclusion and that's not how it should work. Right. And, and it's easier now to do that because of like 8chan and because of Twitter and because of discord and because tribes are so important, right? Tribes are a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now it's funny. I like to call them clans because that's what the Japanese called that concept of tribe as a clan. Um, but I think that it would be bad if I called them clans just based off of precedence with the word clan. But like, so I call them tribes and I talk a lot about them. In fact, my last episode was about tribes underwater spaces. Tribes are amazing. That's the reason why I'm actually love being on the social media. Now I work a lot. I don't have a lot of friends in Arizona. I can converse and talk and share things with my friends that are in Connecticut, like the note defender and like CJV and like, um, Johnny crypto. And you know, there's some other bigger names that I've been getting to know, um, that I share stuff with, but I'm not going to say who they are. And so like, I just, that's cool to me. I love that. That's phenomenal. I could go and I could go to Instagram. Like I'm on Instagram right now. Let's go like, Ooh, pigs. So again, lots of pigs and red pandas on my Instagram. It's just literally pigs, red pandas, and otters. So like I completely changed my entire algorithm. So like this red panda here, he's so cute. He's trying to grab a wand or something anyway. So I can go to red panda life and I could talk to other people that love red pandas as cool as me. That is an amazing time in human history. It's a phenomenal time in human history. If we use these things for like, 
engaging and and building communities amazing beautiful and we should do that the problem is, is that when we go into these communities a lot of the people all have the same ideas beliefs and things and so we're never doing anything that that challenges that and we're not taking the time ourselves to challenge why we believe it right a lot of the times like i ask myself like i don't believe in god i think that the concept of god especially in the way that it's presented the bible is ridiculous right and and i go and um 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 what's his name um there's a famous scientist uh, i love him i forgot neil uh Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? And he says it just exactly how I've said it. I was like, man, I'm super smart. And again, this is something that verifies my belief system, right? So easy to find, right? So I found Neil deGrasse Tyson. He said the same thing that I said, right? I said, I always say that I don't believe in that there's God. And if there is a God, he cannot be the God that's described in the Bible because it describes God in the Bible as being all good and all powerful. He can't be those things at the same time. Because God has done so many things that are um, horrible, right? So if if he's all loving, he couldn't have done those powerful, horrible things. But if he is all powerful, then he did do those horrible things, but he can't be all loving. And just logically thinking about that, that God cannot exist. Now, that does not mean another God exists. And that doesn't mean that people shouldn't believe in Christianity and there are not other things that are good from it that can come from it, like helping people, the kindness, the compassion, following the life of Christ, utilizing the things that Jesus taught, utilizing those things and raising your consciousness and your vibration and your alignment, right? There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying, right? But what I'm saying is that I don't believe those specific things, right? And I can go into the world and find things that support that. And I can go in the world and find things that go against that. And the thing that I should be doing is just all of us is looking at both of those things, talking about it or sharing my thoughts with the people that are around me so that they can tell me their thoughts so that then we can change our minds, right? I was a cat. I was hardcore capitalist for a very long time until I look, until I started making money and I looked at how it, how horrible it made people, right? Um, and not even how horrible it made me. Just looking around the people that made the same amount of money with me and looking at all the stupid fucking shit that they did and wasted their time on and how I'm not interested in that stuff. I'm interested in helping people. I want money so I can build better libraries or get better books for the library or give to philanthropies or help my um, nieces and nephews. That's why I want money. I don't want money to have a Rolls Royce. If I get a Rolls Royce, cool. I will have a plane though. Plane's a different story. We're not going to get into that right now. But like, I'm not interested in those things. I'm not interested in that lifestyle. I was a drunk, promiscuous person for many, many years. And it just not interested in it anymore, right? And so, and it's not where my soul can be, my salvation is. And so when I looked at the things that led me to that place and what I believed, and then I led to Buddhism, right? Then, you know, that's how I came to being a Buddhist. And one of the things that when I, when I was talking about the God thing, like, I don't believe in that, but then why do I believe in Buddhism? Why can't that have the same problem with it? So why am I not looking that right? And just as why I'm saying I'm just as guilty as everybody else is why am I not looking that and say, okay, what's the reasoning why I believe in this? I believe that enlightenment is real, but why? What's the other side of that? And how can I make the best decision possible moving forward for my life? And when I said that we were going to talk about democracy, this leads me into the democracy thing. The reason why democracy is garbage right now is because too few small people, and I'm not talking about crazy ass conspiracy theory elite shit. I'm talking about just a few small people like the president, the House of Representatives, the Senate, the uh, the New World Order people, the um, um What's that called? Like all the people, all of us, the United Nations, um, the United Nations, right? They're a few small people in the scheme of things that are making all the decision based off of representative democracy. Now, I believe that the future of the blockchain can be to get more votes from more people so that we can get more voices heard. And I think that that is the best way to go. And I feel that we need to have that conversation more with elected officials, with voting um, voting companies. Like, go to your Twitter, type in your county election voting. They'll have a Twitter page. At least Maricopa does. It's a big one. And a lot of people think that we just, I don't know, do scammy voting shit. 
which I'm fine with because a bunch of those, um, uh, there's a group here that's like for voting, I don't know, integrity. And so they sat in all the booths and watched people or some shit. So hopefully it's good now. Um, still came out blue. Um, and that's because here's the thing with the blue thing. People think it's crazy. People think it's conspiracy. It's not. It's not a conspiracy. It's that people care less about money now. All conservatives care about is money, right? And they hide it under a guise of of abortion and of gun rights and stupid, stupid shit. The gun rights don't. The gun rights are more important to most of the world. Not having gun rights is mo- is important to most of the world, which is something I disagree with. I think we should have the gun rights. I should also be able to buy missile technology. I've talked about this on many, many podcasts. Not going into it right now. Um, and so, so I should be able to be Tony Stark if I want, and I can. Just got to fill out the right documents. And so, so what I'm saying is that we care more about women having rights in the world in America. We care more about um, equality in America. We care more about people not dying in America than we do about lowering taxes. And that's the reason why things are going blue. And if the the GOP wants to get their shit together, they need to change some of their ethical viewpoints if they want to continue to have their party. If not, those ethical viewpoints are going to go liberal, right? The cons- because, and here's the reason why I know this, because in my red state, the reddest of states for the longest, longest times, it just went blue in um, governorship. It went blue in treasury ship. It went blue in... Uh, county general ship no i'm sorry it didn't go blue in treasury ship that was my point so um governor um uh secretary of state and uh attorney general all blue okay and so but who's red it stayed treasurer stayed red okay money people stayed red so what does that mean it means that even blue people right or red people believe in the ethical values of blue liberal things but when it comes to money, they prefer conservatorship or conserva- conservativeness, right? And so that's my point is that if the GOP is going to go away because people care about people now, it's people over profits. And the more that people are over profits, the less taxes matter, the less inflation matters, the less everything matters because money is not important when it has to do with the rights of individuals and their lives and their freedom of happiness and being able to do with what they want with their bodies. That's the reason why things are going more blue, okay? But my point is, is that if we do not find a way to raise the voice of the people through being able to vote on more things more often, which blockchain ledger technology can do, that's the only reason why I like it. I do not care about making a billion dollars of XRP. I do not give a fuck about making millions of dollars XLM. I care about the distributive ledger technology and what it can mean for the world. And I, right, I believe that they are going to try. I, and 100%, I believe in the decentralization of the blockchain. 1000%. Do I think that's going to happen? No, it's going to become all kinds of regulation. People are going to do all kinds of stupid shit. That's, I feel what's going to happen. But when people are like, oh, we need to have, they want to have regulation because it's going to make the money go up. I don't care about the money. I care about the thing being decentralized so that we can have swaps, right? We can have good market exchanges ran by the people for the people, right? Legitimately. Now, if they oversight that to make sure that nothing's awry and that, I'm fine with it. Kind of how they like to do Kickstarters. I'm cool with that. Cool with that. When it becomes more centralized and they they govern it and run it, then I have a problem with it. Okay. And so so we need to have more conversations with our county officials talking about blockchain technology being utilized and going into development to allow people to vote off of a blockchain fast, quick, and get more people you here look the thing there might be there are probably lots of people in this world that want to that that want women to not be able to have an abortion you want to know how you find out you fucking ask them the only way to ask them is using technology and the only way to have that safe technology is on a distributed ledger so if in my city in glendale we wanted to say hey let's put a stop sign on the end of the road we could say hey we're gonna put a stop sign here you cool with that we all vote yeah yeah that sounds cool we all have it it's done in the day done in a day the ability of the amass the amounts of people doesn't matter the only thing that matters is the and and what i mean by that is that if you can do it to five people electronically you can do it to a million people electronically you can do it to a million people electronically you can do it to two billion people electronically think of stupid elon musk's vote 
He asked if they should let Trump back on. Everybody weighed in. That is what we need to be able to happen to voice our opinions. We should not care if Trump is back on Twitter enough to be able to go and vote on it. What we should be able to do is vote like that in everything, in every major decision in our lives. And that's how we will find out if that's what the American people want is by asking them. And the only safest way to do that, in my opinion, if we're talking about safety, is by having governments use distributive ledger technology to make that possible. And go into a wallet, do the vote, you're donezo, you move on, they count them, we're done. And that's how we get to back to real democracy. The other option that I heard on Vsauce was like a litocracy, where like, you know how we randomize people for stuff? Um, when, you know, like I murder someone and like I got jury and the jury of my peers, those are random people. I'm not going to murder anybody. Those are random people. We could do something like that for those decisions. Like we randomize it and those people vote on it. But I don't know how all of that will work, but that's an option. I think the better option is the distributed technology. Um, and I think that that's one of the greatest things about it. I don't think I, if I get wealthy off, if I get wealthy off, if I don't, I don't. What I want is real democracy. And I think that we can do that with distributed technology. So I encourage you to research about the blockchain more, research distributed ledger technology, find out how it can go into helping making the people's voices heard through voting on a blockchain. Remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We'll talk with you next time. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, make sure that you like and subscribe to it so you are aware of every time I drop an episode. And if your podcatcher allows you to, please rate this episode. If you could give it five stars, that'd be awesome. Or however the podcatcher rates it, if your podcatcher allows you to rate it, um, we can get it in front of as many people as possible, and I would greatly appreciate it. Make sure that you follow me on all the socials at Age of Jeremy, except for on Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. Um, the opening song was Brave Faces Everyone by Spanish Love Songs. The closing song was Illuminati Hotties Threatening Each Other Recapitalism. So if you enjoyed those, make sure to check out those bands. They would really appreciate it. Again, I'm using a Neumann microphone right now. I'm recording um, onto Steinberg's Cubase and using Zoom Lab Corp's uh, L8. L8 it is. So remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. We'll talk with you next time. Bye. Bye.